0: Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Classic Lenses podcast. My name is Simon Forster and I'm hosting this podcast from Stoke-on-Trent in the UK. Joining me today are Carl Havens in Gainesville, Florida. Hello, Carl. Cheers, Simon. And we have Johnny Sisson in Chicago. Hello, Johnny. Uh, Hello. And today we are joined by fellow admin of the Photography with Classic Lenses Facebook group, James Giordano from Los Angeles, California. Hello, James.
1: Hey, guys. How you doing?
0: Hey, James. Last week we talked about a few Jupiter lenses, uh, one of which was the Jupiter 9 and for many people this is the first classic lens, classic portrait lens they may purchase. Carrying on from the Jupiter 9 this week we're going to continue to talk about portrait photography with classic and manual focus lenses but before we do that uh, here's some feedback from Johnny from last week. Right. So uh, we
2: had some uh, nice feedback on the last episode. Uh, Phil, uh, the infamous Phil from, uh, from our group, from Photography with Classic Lenses, shared some excellent links regarding uh, Soviet lenses that I, I hadn't seen before. Uh, the Kiev Survival Guide was excellent. So check that out if you want to know a bit more about those. We also had a very nice post from Casey Winstead, who said, inspired by the podcast, created a, uh, a great portrait with a Jupiter 3. Uh, Which you definitely want to check out Uh, and then over on Simon's Instagram post Noted uh, sonar junkie Hamish Gill from the 35 MMC blog had some great feedback for us Uh, Mega lens junkies. He called us. We are proud to to own that title Uh, And he he said that the discussion was great and he added a little bit more info regarding the the star-shaped aperture of sonar lenses So some nice technical details there that you might want to check out on uh, Simon's Instagram. Oh, I got one more for you. <laughs> uh, in the shop the other week, what was it, a week ago, um, I had had a customer come in uh, after we had done our episode four regarding radioactive tachymars. Uh and the guy comes in and says, do you have any radioactive lenses? I'd just like to see them. And so we start talking with this guy, and he said, yeah, my, my wife made me get rid of all my radioactive lenses because she didn't want them in the house. So, um Use caution around those nuclear uh, nuclear I guess. <laughs> uh, hide up from your wife. Uh, you, you don't you don't you don't want those to disappear on you. they're great lenses. So, a little bit of feedback from uh, from last week
0: and previous episodes. Right. Well, I'm sure that many of you have seen uh, the images and the comments that uh, James has been uh, posting and making on our Facebook group, but many people might not realize that James is a semi-retired professional photographer. James has a vast experience in photographing people and many years experience in what is euphemistically known as the adult entertainment industry, including the days when he used to shoot on film. James, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your photographic history and how you came full circle to be shooting with classic lenses.
1: It started when classic lenses were not classic. They they, they were the lenses that uh, were available at the time. That was that that was in the very early 1960s when my dad gave me a uh, uh, a yashica penta j uh, for a birthday present um, and and i just i took to the camera like i i just loved it right 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 from the start and uh so after that you know in in junior high school and high school and and when i first went to college I was a graphic arts major and 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 one of the reasons was it gave me access to dark rooms um so later on um when after i got married I, i i married an actress uh a hollywood wannabe and um you know she was constantly spending our our, our, our money, which there wasn't much of at the time, um, on, on headshots, uh, you know, by various photographers in the, in the Hollywood area. And, and I kept looking at them, you know, and I'm thinking, Oh, these suck. You know, we, we, we spent this money on, on these. And she goes, well, you know, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'll take them. And, um, uh, I started shooting, uh, my my uh, my ex-wife's uh, photos, and they, they, she liked them. Um, and all you married guys know that's the most important thing: is that your wife likes them. Um, and anyway, one day she came home with this other actress. She was a little older, um, and and I saw her pictures, and I, I wasn't too impressed because she was like a 45-year-old woman um, trying to look like a 25-year-old. Ingenu, and and so I said, "Hey, can I take your pictures?" And she said, "Sure." I said, "Yeah, but you got to let me like do you the way I want to do you." Um, I didn't mean it that way, you know. You know what I mean? Um, and 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 she agreed. And you know, I kind of like messed up her hair, and I put these glasses on the end of her nose, and I I, I shot her like a frazzled housewife. And she absolutely hated the photos. I mean, hated them. And I, but but my my both my wife and I convinced her to uh, send some out uh, to some agents and and for some auditions. And she did. And she got called in for this commercial. And she got the commercial and, and they told her because, because the photo just stood out and was everything they were looking for. They were looking for a frazzled housewife. And 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 so, you know, actors talk um, and and all of a sudden, like, she says, can I give your phone number out? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, my phone was ringing off the hook because they figured I must have the magic touch and so i started shooting headshots for actors a lot of them i mean i shot a ton and i had my own dark room at my house black and white um dark room so i i processed the film myself and you know and 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 did the prints and everything and that's kind of where i got going shooting people um was with hollywood actors and you know uh, fast forward really quick i worked for a uh, I, I went to school and I was studying filmmaking at school and I, I, I got a job um, with this aerospace corporation, a pretty large corporation and um, uh, after a while I, I sort of was in charge of all their audio, video efforts and you know, sh- which meant like sometimes I'd go up in a small chase plane and shoot other aircraft from from the Cessna and 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 stuff like that, um, which was pretty cool um you know to, to to do that kind of stuff and and it all went back to you know I knew what I was doing with cameras uh, that job went away when a British company um bought out the corporation and proceeded to lay everybody off and uh uh so I, suddenly i was jobless and um i was just doing whatever i could to make some money trying to find a job it was a very depressed job market in la at the time and um i was also doing some stand up comedy just for fun and you know angst relief and so forth and i was i was in a club one night doing a, a short gig and this girl was up there and she was Uh, Talking about how she worked in the adult entertainment industry and she and she was an editor a video editor um and then you know she comes back and i started talking to her and and you know i said well you know i know i know how to edit um you know which i did um i'm talking about digital non-linear editing on an avid if anybody knows what that is um and and she goes oh do you want a job? And I'm like, yeah. um, Yeah, I need a job. So she brought me in and I started uh, editing. Um, Well, long story short, before long, she got fired for some reason. Um, They put me in charge of the editing and the company went through a big growth period and suddenly I had like five other editors uh, uh, working for me. and and and, um uh boy i keep saying i'm making a long story short this is getting longer (laughs) Um, (laughs) but uh uh flash forward even further and i was uh shooting directing some of these things and then i i started shooting um um i started shooting the, the the photos for for the for the artwork and all that stuff on, on the, on the DVD boxes. And uh, th- that's what I, I, that's what I really liked doing the best was the photography. Um, and so I started doing that more and more and more. And that was like 20, 25 years ago. And I've been shooting, um models in you know adult entertainment models I call them glam to uh, glam nude and tease models um I started shooting them for in in that industry and I probably shot uh, thousands of of, of of models I mean literally thousands um and and I still do I'm semi-retired now but I still work for a couple of companies I have a I have a, a gig, for instance, I do in a small studio in Burbank, California, once a week and um, shoot two two girls, two models um, for, for them. And uh, uh, so, you know, yeah, I've, sh- I've shot. I've also do- continued doing a lot of headshot work and stuff
2: like that. So that's me in a nutshell. So, so James, I, I've always been... Um... Really interested in a particular kind of thought about the work that you do, and we've sort of discussed this in the past. And I thought it'd be a good conversation, you know, here in the group, is that you you've been doing this, um, you know, quite some time, and right. I, I started doing this quite a while back as well, back in the in the '80s, right. and the industry was so much different then, and even the way that we all think about equipment is especially lenses is so different now than it was when these things were new and right. everybody was working commercially. Right. I mean, I was, right. I was working with a commercial photographer and every commercial photographer back then who wasn't shooting, you know, glamor or right. news or whatever was using a Hasselblad and everybody right. would send out their portfolio of, you know, of matted six by six. Right. Chromes to, you know, in a nice little suitcase off to all the art directors and the art directors would look at them and they, you know, would decide who they were going to hire for that job. And that was exactly how it worked back then. And it was just sort of like there was, um, there were industry standards and uh, art directors knew the look that they wanted, but they didn't necessarily care about the equipment. Now the photographers cared about the equipment only because, you know, they had to show up a the Hasselblad. So they look legit. right? Um, Right. But the look was sort of baked into the choices that, The art directors were making right it was just kind of a given that you were using a certain type of equipment and was producing a certain type of a look and unless we were talking about somebody who was working like i said in fashion or something the whole idea of you know bouquet and backgrounds and all that it didn't it didn't play in quite as much it was just kind of a given that you know things looked a certain way based on the industry that you were part of the industry you were working in as a photographer so to me that i find it really fascinating how now that all this gear that was really kind of mostly professional level stuff, we all have access to it. And we think about the character of all of the equipment we use differently, I think because uh, digital exists and we have something to kind of play it off of, right? Because the digital workflow changed everything. Right. So what used to take, you know, uh, hours and hours, even if you rushed it, it now happens instantly. So I guess my, my thought was, you know, what are your thoughts about, how you think about equipment now and how you think about using, you know, particular lenses, especially for certain types of things that you want to shoot. Now I know you, that may not apply to the professional work you do, but certainly your own, you know, your personal work. So right, I'm just, I'm just right. kind of interested in how you think about equipment now and how that's different than it would have been, you know, back in the day.
1: Well, you know, back in the day that the chromes, that's what we were shooting, um, uh, exclusively. Um, and, 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 um, you know, mostly I used uh, Fuji film, uh, Provia, you know, Sensia, that, that, that kind of stuff, and um, uh, it, and and small format, thirty five millimeter, I shot a lot with a Canon A one. Um, I, I never I never shot much with medium format. Um, because it wasn't a requirement. I mean, you know, if suddenly they said, "Well, we needed to show up with medium format gear," I, I, I would have, um, because you know, I needed to work. But it wasn't a requirement. Uh, the one thing I figured out real quick is that when you're on these sets, yeah, you, you, you're, you're, you're technically working for the producer but you're really working for the art department.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and and it, it's, it's so important, I think, to, uh, for photographers, commercial photographers to remember that. Um, first of all, the art department people, they can make or break you. I mean, you know, because they have the ears of your client long after you shot those photos mm. and, and, you know, they can either say nice things to the client about your work or, uh, not so nice things so so you know like i'm constantly and i still to this day when i'm shooting i'm thinking all right how are they going to use these photos um and and you know which affects cropping in the camera and you know composition and stuff like that and and how i shoot them obviously you know the adult industry is all about fantasy so you want to shoot the models and sort of you know a fantasy looking way, which generally means a lot of, you know, edge lighting around them. Um, so they're glowing and, you know, and then the, the art people will, they, they will take those images and they will exaggerate that look and, you know, also making sure that, you know, they, if I'm not shooting on a seamless, um, if I'm u- if shooting on like a, some sort of practical background, um, that that I leave them enough room to to do stuff with text and graphics and you know things like that. So those are the people I feel like I'm 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 really working for when when I'm shooting. So yeah, I don't I think, know if that answered your question or yeah, not.
2: So. I, I think sort of. I mean, it, because they may or may not they may or may not think about lenses in the way that we think about right about gear at all you're right, exactly right I mean they're thinking about the final result they want
1: exactly they're they're yeah. just looking at the pictures and deciding whether or not you know this works or this doesn't work so right. um you know back then when we were shooting film like let's say I was on a set all day and I was gonna shoot three four five different models um I would I would I would um burn through about uh, seventy-two exposures for each model. So um, that's because the industry is really cheap, and they don't want to spend a, a dime more than they have to. Right. Um. Yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah. <laughs> sure. So uh, you know, so you you had to get the goods, you know, like in the camera, and, and you had to get it like with a finite number of uh, uh images that you would snap, and yeah. and, and so forth digital of course changed all that you know then you know you, you, you it wasn't a ma- it wasn't a matter of economics how many how many images you snapped um, you know i could i could i mean you know what what do they call it spray and pray i mean i've sure. never been a spray and pray shooter but i've seen you know people that you know shoot hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of images you know to mm-hmm. to get the keepers and um uh and like you know, I, 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 when I see them do that, I, I, I don't have really high esteem for their skills because <laughs> they don't know the keeper when they see it, apparently, sure. or the keepers. So, you know, I'll shoot average, uh, maximum 150 images, more like. Uh, Somewhere between 100 and 150 uh, images with a model but you know like when I get the keepers I know them I know when I see it in the camera on the back of the camera so you know it's there you know like sure duh
2: um (laughs) so and thinking about your you know your personal work because I think we you know we certainly see at least in the, the 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 Facebook group we see more of your know your personal work i mean like you said you're semi-retired so you do a lot of the stuff for yourself that you really enjoy. right and and you you know you i think you do some really great things with a few particular lenses that um we don't necessarily see all the time uh your your portrait work i think is is fantastic and it has a very particular look to it and it it seems like you've you know chosen lenses very much based on the character of the lens and absolutely maybe not the way you would approach it if you were doing that work commercially right
1: you know i i i think i'm one of these guys i don't really care what the tech specs say about a, a a lens or the reviews say about a lens i'm not really interested in that i'm purely interested in the look you know how it renders an image. So when I see, like, on 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 the classic lenses site, when when I see uh, some images that someone has shot and I really like the look of it, and I look at the lens, and then I go to Flickr and I go to Google Images and I look at tons and tons of them, and I'm only looking at the look of, of those lenses, and I'm trying to separate the native look of the lens from like a processed look and I can do that pretty good I mean I can I can see that when somebody's adding apps and you know processing <laughs> yeah. to create a certain look so yeah um yeah uh
2: so do you have I, I, do you have favorites but, that your uh favorite lenses you tend to gravitate towards
1: yeah well I almost all my uh well let me let me back up just just mm-hmm. just a little bit um a few years ago I was doing some personal project stuff with this model that I met she was not you know, like not a young model. She's like 40 something. And, but she was really into like, you know, storytelling with the images and, and and stuff on a little bit on the weird side. And so was I. And, and so we went out the first time and I, you know, I'm shooting and I'm using modern, you know, lenses, um Canon lenses. Cause I shoot Canon and, uh, uh, I was very unhappy with, with the look that was being produced. So I said I, I need to I, I these are like two these these pictures are too I don't know like perfect or something. Um they're just you know, they're kinda sterile from from a from a they didn't resonate with me in, in terms of the look that the lenses were. So you know, I didn't know anything about classic lenses because I didn't even think of the lenses I had used years and years before as being classic. Um, So I went out and bought some stupid things like, you know, like a plastic Holga lenses or a Diana lens that had a EF mount on it and I could put my camera. But those were like way over the top in terms of, you know, shooting imperfect images. Um, and then I found the web page um the classic lens web page and i'm like oh wow look at this is awesome you know and then you know like many people my first lens was a was a helios 44 2 and you know because i love i'm I'm like ai have like a bokeh fetish you know especially swirly bokeh and i understood how you get the effect with the lens um you know which is really you know you're taking advantage of the flaws in the lens or the distortion the lens produces. And, 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 uh, and I love that right from the start. And then, um, and then I started almost bankrupting myself (laughs) buying, (laughs) buying, buying lenses. I'm almost all, and literally I sold all of my, um, modern lenses, except I still only, I think I own two. I own a, uh, a, a Canon 70 to 200 L lens uh and I I own a, a a nifty 50 and um I sold all my zoom lenses and I sold I decided I'm going to go 100% prime you know except for that Canon zoom and um so and for whatever reason I really like the look of Russian and Soviet lenses, and I really like the look of Meyer Optic Gorlitz lenses. Um, you know, just looking on Flickr and Google Images and stuff. So almost my entire classic lens collection is either Meyer Optic or uh, or uh, uh, Russian Soviet. Um, I got a fair number of them. Not like you guys, but but Carl, I think you got like. Tons of lenses, right? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> so well, what about I, what
3: about the lenses that you used to use when you did film photography? Do you keep, do you still have those?
1: Um, no, I got I got I got rid of them. They were Canon FD, um, and you know if I'm shooting a Canon uh, digital, uh, getting a FD mounted onto an EF camera is not gonna happen so (laughs) thank you canon Um, (laughs) but you know and 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 most of the stuff i had was oh geez um you know 135 millimeter 85 millimeter um zoom lenses were like the what is the 24 to 105 is that yeah i think yeah i had one of those and um, I got rid of all of them, and uh, so now I've only got the two ca- Canon modern lenses and a whole bunch of um, what we call classic or vintage legacy lenses, whatever you whatever you want to call them. So,
0: so which 85mm well, portrait lenses do you, do you have, and why why do you use those in particular?
1: Well again um uh you know it was it was via just looking at images on the internet that were shot with various lenses. I have a Jupiter 9 and 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 I really like that lens. That's a it's a terrific portrait lens. I love the the bokeh that it produces. Uh I I just like so much about the lens. It's pretty easy to use. Um I I have a uh, a cyclop one which is 85 mm 1.5, no iris in it it's it's a Helios 40 without the uh lens uh, the iris diaphragm so uh th- i have those i've got a i've got uh, uh i got a Tear 11A which is 135 millimeter, f2.8 Soviet lens Russian lens i have uh, a Meyer Optic Orester, i think it is which is 135 uh, f 2.8. I have uh, I have uh, oh, I don't even know why I have this lens. Uh, what is it? I, I'm not sure. Why, like a collision. Oh,
0: the, a, a yeah, the Cali- or? yeah, the 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 later Soviet. Yeah, the uh, hundred
1: millimeter Kalionar. Yeah, on a hmm. Nikon mount. Yeah. It's a horrible lens, in my opinion. <laughs> I, 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 why I have it, I, I, I don't know. It's pretty useless in my 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 bag. It's it's almost as useless as the 30, as the Meyer Optic uh, the 30, what is it, 35, 37 millimeter that I bought from Carl.
2: Uh, <laughs> what do you, well, are you Carl's cast off. No,
3: no, he bought a mirror lens from me.
1: <laughs> no, I bought that, thir- what is it, the Lydia? Is that what it is? Oh, Lydith. I'm God, about the Lydis. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. and I think you said you've had a bunch of them and you got rid of all of them because... Um,
0: now, Cole's had yeah. lots of uh, MIA one lenses, that but that's what them. I
1: sold
3: to Johnny.
0: Yeah.
3: Or to like no, camera show. To James,
1: you know, you know I, I only you I only use that Um, the the, the, the I only use it occasionally with the front element turned around. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, it 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 does interfere with the mirror on my five D, so. You know, I have to be real careful with it when I use it, like like, you know, when focusing it and stuff. So.
3: So, but you can um, make really good um, bookends out of those mirror one lenses. <laughs> not, uh, a, a friend of mine, uh, his son was taking welding shop, and he made me these two nice brackets, and I have my books in them above my head right now, and on each one of them, I've got a mirror one lens. It looks really cool. Right. So they're not totally useless. Right. Right, no, not totally. And some um, people can shoot really good photos. Simon shot a really cool picture of a vine one time with a mirror.
0: <laughs> <laughs> James, I, I've, I've, we, whenever you mention that, I'm, I'm going to call it a Canon but I'm sure somebody will uh, right. um, say better. It's a 100 millimeter f 2.8 lens, um yes. made in the Arsenal factory in the Ukraine, right. and it's a lens that you, you you slate every time uh, anybody ever mentions it and i really? always feel i have to come to the defense of that lens because I've, <laughs> I've i've had one and i had one at exactly the same time as a nikon ai uh, 105 2.5 which is you know many people view as a truly legendary lens not let, let mm-hmm. alone classic and i shot the two t- two together and i far I preferred um, what the Calignar was producing um, so, you I liked think, it? Is I, that I loved saying? it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Really? I'll show you mine. <laughs> well, well, this this is the thing. We are talking about Soviet lenses or um, post-Soviet. Right. In, in the in the case of that, so we know, yeah, we could, could well be in the realms of, of sample variation, which we talk about right. almost every week. Um So right. I just feel like I have to defend that lens because uh, I've, I I loved it when I had it. Except um, it did feel like it was made with the cheapest possible materials and uh,
1: <laughs> yeah and, yeah
0: you, know, you you you
1: felt it's a very lucky. small lens too it's a very small yeah, um, for 100 the, millimeter what, you know
0: what really used to upset me about it i mean it's got it's got a built-in hood which i i love lenses with a built-in hood right but that hood it just you know you, you pull it out and you if you turn right. it vertical, it just on mine at least it just just fell straight back again so it was it was almost <laughs> useless
1: yeah i think my uh chair 11a has a built-in hood of am if i'm remembering correctly um and it has the same problem the hood doesn't want to stay out you know it it needs i don't know viagra or something uh, <laughs> applied to it i, 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 I don't know I, I don't know i like that lens too that the, the tear 11 it to me it's a headshot lens um 135 is a nice focal length for for headshots um, uh, whereas um, you know, I shoot probably most of what I shoot in in the adult business is three-quarter body shots. You know, they're they're crop three-quarter body shots, and and so I prefer like you know in and around 85 millimeters for 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 for, for those images um, only because I you know a lot of times I can't. You know, I'm in in a a studio, and I can't get far enough away from the from the uh, from the model to uh, shoot 135 mm. I mean, like I I shoot a lot with my 70 to 200, and then when I look at the pics, I see that I'm 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 shooting it under 100 millimeters most of the time. So um, I'm not. I don't. I'm, I'm not like zoomed in a lot, unless I go unless I'm shooting a headshot. So. In the adult business, headshots are not something you shoot a lot of. So, um, yeah, Yeah.
3: it's interesting because when you're talking about 85 millimeter, people on the page that are posting pictures, they're using all different kinds of cameras, and some of them are using Olympus cameras, and some of them are using Fujis, and some full frame Sony users. And um, I I wonder if you had a um, an Olympus and and you're shooting a, a 100-millimeter lens, I wonder how it would compare to the look of shooting a, um, uh, uh, now let's say 100 on Olympus, and then if you stuck a a 200 on the Sony or something
1: like that. Right. It's not going to look the same um, because um, the the 100, I mean, it's going to look very, very similar, but the 100 is going to have less compression, which is distortion. And, and the reason that longer lenses are used, um, for, for a lot of portrait work is because of that compression. Um, you, you, I see a lot of people shooting with like 50 millimeter lenses, shooting portraits with 50 millimeter lenses. And yeah, you can, but a 50 millimeter lens doesn't have much compression. So, you might not think about it but it's not as flattering to your subject um because uh, on a 50 millimeter lens or a 35 millimeter lens i use for portraits and if you're getting in there shooting a headshot it'll make people's noses look bigger their ears look smaller um because the the things that are closer to the camera with with the wider lenses just look bigger whereas with a longer lens that doesn't happen. Plus the background, um, through distortion is brought closer, um, to the subject. So I I would, and, and, and that doesn't change because you're using a crop sensor camera, because it's just that it's cropped. You you don't, you don't have more reach. Um, you have the same reach. Um, with a 50 millimeter on, say, uh, an a little Olympus mirrorless, that um, that 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 you would have um, on a full frame, because because uh, uh, the reach doesn't change, and and the compression is is the lack of it is still going to be there on that on those wider lenses, and it's just not as flattering. I mean, I figured that out when I was shooting headshots back in the. You know the, the the late '70s for for actors and stuff. I, almost everything I shot was with a 135 millimeter lens, um, because because I could and wide open, um, because you know I could I could take the end of their nose and it would like be out of focus. That um, I strive to have an out of focus end of uh, the, the 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 subject's nose. Um, so you know I, I'm I'm a big proponent of using longer lenses for um, uh, for portraits and 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 not thinking that because you're putting it on a crop sensor camera suddenly it's you know like uh, uh, a 50 becomes what is it like so 1.6 a 50 becomes a 75 or an 80 no it yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't become one of those at all, and it has a completely different look Yeah. than 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 the wider lenses. The longer one will.
2: It's that's a re- I, to me this is a really fascinating topic because it um it gets right to the heart. I think about what makes lenses so interesting for us is is the right. different optical designs and that that I mean it, you can make fantastic images with with you know, four thirds cameras. And I, but I think right. part of the challenge, and I, this is when I first started doing this, the reason I, I ended up with a Fuji, which is still a crop sensor camera, but it's a much, uh, it's a smaller ratio of crop than say a four thirds, which is literally like a right. double is that you, you really can't take a 25 millimeter lens and use it like a 50 millimeter lens. You no. can, but I mean, optically the formula doesn't lend right. itself to that type of photography, and I, and I feel like that it, it, that's still a factor with um, APS-C photography, but not quite as much because the right. formula of a you know a fifty and an eighty-five or at least similar, right? right. It, it's just more challenging to me, I think, as you think about a you know a thirty-five millimeter lens or something being a an eighty or a seventy-five. It just doesn't, you know. I think it's really challenging if you it, it, optically to get this that that kind of look. It it works because of the crop, right? Right. But, but optically, there are some factors there that um that to me are are are, are quite challenging with certain subject matter.
1: They're very different, um, you know, the look, um, uh, because you know a longer lens is going to compress the image, and which is distortion, and yep. you know, and, and in portrait photography um that distortion um tends to uh flatter the subject um in the end result so uh I would you know I I would not ever pick up like a 50 to, to shoot portraits especially yeah. like headshot portraits or something where, where I would have to get in really really close um to the subject and yeah. you know yeah. and and a lot of times with, with, um, with, uh, like headshot photography for people who aren't professional models and stuff that will mean getting closer to them than I want to be, um, and makes them nervous. And, you know, your, your big goal is to relax them, make them feel comfortable in front of the camera, which is very difficult with some people. And the closer you are to them, you know, you have a camera like almost in their face and, you know, getting them to relax and kind of look natural and comfortable and everything and mm-hmm. confident is can, can be a real challenge. So, the farther away I am, I mean, I don't want to be so far away that I have to use a bullhorn to, to talk to them, but you know, yeah, so it's right.
2: funny you say that because I, I um, well, I, a lens that I used a lot, um, when I was doing a lot of, you know, um, commercial work uh even on the crop sensor camera on the on the um on the Canons right. uh, APS-C Canons was a 135 which becomes really a pretty long lens right. even on on that factor and so now you're you're you know you're 15 20 feet away now right. you get you get great compression i mean you get a very right. flat you get a very you know i used to use the 135L a lot for that but then you're right. so far away that you're kind of losing your connection with the subject which is another right. challenge right right so it's, right it's like there's a sweet spot right in between there where it all works out just right you know i um, mean portrait
1: photography is you know as much about interaction with the subject maybe more so um than it is about uh you know the camera the lens uh all all, all that sort of stuff you know yeah. like when i go on a set um i i I don't want to ever appear like i'm you know uh you know dawdling with the gear or you know concerned about the gear i i want to appear like i'm just on autopilot with all the tech stuff so that i'm 100 percent focused on on the subject on the model and on on my interactions with them and and gaining rapport rapport is the single is is you know job number one and every portrait any portrait photographer should be shooting it's it's all about uh uh you know gaining rapport with your subject and and um less than the than the gear um the gear matters a lot less
3: so since you've been shooting um digital have you ever wished sometimes that you could take some shots with film and get a film look in some of your portraits
1: yeah, I mean, I I do because I, I I you know I like shooting with 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 film and uh, it you know it 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 was pretty cool and uh, it seemed I think photography seemed more mysterious to other people when people <laughs> were shooting with film like well how do you know it's in focus and how do you know you got a good exposure you know because you can't see the you know, the image right away, which is, you know, that's today with, with, with digital and stuff, you know, which is, you know, I like, I don't chimp almost at all. I mean, you know, when I, when everything's locked in, um, you know, my exposure, lighting and everything else, I don't need to look at any photos on the back of my camera. I, nothing changed, it's science, you know, things don't just suddenly change, you know, so you know I, when i when I set up my lighting and my exposure and all that i mean the, the the images are gonna look from as soon as I lock it in they're they're gonna look the same till 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 I'm done shooting you know unless we're outside a big giant cloud comes in front of the sun or something, but you know i think, I think was- there's there's pros and cons to you know the being that instant feedback um uh, for your, to, to digital photography
0: yeah. For your um, commercial work you uh, you shoot JPEG as well don't you? You don't actually shoot RAW Yeah,
1: yeah. I shoot JPEG because um, most of the clients they their art departments you know I always ask if it's a new client do you want RAW or JPEG and they always say JPEG um, because they don't want to convert um, the art department people and, and they're not paying me to do that i just turn over you know what i shoot um like i'll most of i don't even half the time i don't even like call images i don't i don't edit across the set i just you know either they get the card or i I burn a dvd right there and and turn it in i mean i don't do any post work um for my clients they have. They have, you know, people for that. They have an art department or they have graphic artists, you know, that they hire, that they, they contract with who, who do that work. So, um, uh, that's, that's not my job. I mean, I'm okay with Photoshop, but, uh, are you know, my attitude is, well, you're not paying me to, to convert these images, you know, like go home, convert them, then, you know, turn them in and so forth. So JPEGs, yeah, JPEGs work you know shoot them right and you know i'm a big proponent of getting get it right in the camera um you know uh you know like when i was doing a lot of video editing and you'd you'd hear people off camera um like directors oh we'll fix it in post all right easy for you to say (laughs) you know you're not the guy fixing it in post um you know and and you'd and those people might not even know anything about post so they don't know how hard or easy it is to fix so i would rather not have to fix things in post that extends to my photography
3: so as you, little as
1: possible so, so a lot of the
3: photos you shoot you probably don't even ever you don't ever see them they just they go off and
1: yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i i i don't you know i i mean if i screw them up i'm definitely going to hear about it um <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see a lot of the images at all. I mean, a lot of the, you know, like, like today, like I have one client, um, and you know, they, I give them the card, I use their gear. They, for whatever reason, they don't even want me using my, my camera gear. And, um, they upload to the cloud and, and I have access to their, to their cloud so I can, I can go look at the pictures the, the next day or something um but i i i usually don't unless you know one of the models you know was especially appealing to me and you know then i want to go look and, and see how i did with her and you know when i say appealing she's not just beautiful and sexy and all that stuff but she really knows <clears throat> what she's doing in front of a camera, which which is a joy to work with people like that. So, um, you know, really experienced models. The danger with them is, you know, that sometimes they'll go on autopilot and then, you know, they don't sell themselves um, uh, the way they should. You know, they just go to their tried and true stuff and you have to kind of shake them out of that a little
0: bit. So when you, you shoot your... Your hobby photos, uh, do, you right. shoot, do you still shoot JPEG or do you do those in RAW?
1: I generally shoot JPEG, but occasionally I'll shoot them in RAW and I really can't really explain what makes me change my mind one way or the other. Um, I I mostly shoot JPEG, yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, that's what I shoot mostly. Um, and when I, that personal stuff... I don't use modern lenses. Um, I, I I don't use classic. I don't use manual focus lenses um, when I'm shooting for clients because <clears throat> they really don't give me enough time uh, with the models for me to be, you know, spending time uh, manually focusing. Um, plus, there's guaranteed going to be a bunch of photos that are going to be a little soft focus wise. And I don't want them seeing them because, you know, I'm, I, I don't, uh, you know, these aren't people that I can have a discussion with about, uh, you know, well, it's a manual focus lens. So you, you have to expect <laughs> some, you know, they don't care. Right. <laughs> they want everything in focus. Yeah. I mean, sharp focus. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's uh why i don't shoot um that stuff uh with uh with manual focus lenses although i would love to
0: i really would um well but- there is there is a, a a photo which we're going to uh put into uh the podcast as is the um right is the logo for the for, for this episode so uh right um that was one you took a while back um i think with the with right. helios is that right
1: yeah, I shot it with a, a, my 44.2. And what I was really doing was I had just bought uh, a Nex 6. And uh, I, I thought uh, I was testing the camera um, more so than the lens. Um, so I, 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 I shot a few. Um, it was, you know, I was already in the studio. The lights were all set. Literally, all I had to do was pull the trigger off the client's camera and put it on the Nex um you know and, and 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 shoot at the same exposure uh, that I was shooting the camera um with you know but you know, cameras they don't matter that much you know they all pretty much do the same stuff. I mean I'm gonna get I'm gonna buy a, a, a Sony uh A7 II um only because I can with that camera the E mount you know I can mount lots of stuff on that camera that i can't mount on my canon full frame um and and i'm not you know i want to shoot even my personal stuff as much as i can i want to shoot full frame so um that's why i'm going to get the sony and i'll get rid of my necks and, and some other gear and so forth
0: yeah, just just going just going back to um, shooting with a, a a classic lens in a in a studio situation. Right. Like, I've I've only actually done one studio shoot, and right. quite foolishly, I only took uh, a classic lens with me. It was a uh, a Carl ice Biotar from a right. uh, Exactor, uh, which. Proved to be not a bad thing to take with me, but the the problem I was the fifty eight or the seventy five. It was a, a fifty eight. Um, I right. wish it was a seventy five. But yeah, uh, no kidding. yeah, me too. I'd yeah. love that. I would love to own that lens. Yeah, but um, the problem the problem I was having was if I was, I mean, the the shots needed to be taken at f eight for, for the for the for the how the the flash was set up. But of course, right. if you're using an old lens, you've you've got to close down your aperture. Um, right. And or you open your aperture up and then try and guess your uh, guess your aperture right. to, to close it down to so many clicks. You have got the 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 model standing there, but if you if you're trying to focus a, a classic lens at f eight, um, almost you know. There's almost too much stuff in focus, so you can't actually right. tell where the fine point of focus is. Right, you're just, exactly. you just relying on the depth of field, and then you've actually pressed that shutter. You know, your actual true focus could be three inches behind the model and stuff like that, so I just found that incredibly frustrating.
1: Most of the stuff I shoot is like at you know five, six um, you know, in a studio, uh, and most of the time it's in front of a seamless. So you know, there's no point in, you know, trying to blur the background. The background is just solid seamless. So a five six I think is a nice um maybe six three occasionally. Um uh I would probably want to shoot um stop down a little more with a with 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 some um, with a manual focus lens only only because it would you know better ensure more photos in focus um stop down a little more but but again then the look is exactly what you just said and i'm not too crazy about that so so a lot
3: of these old um, lenses that we use, especially the Russian ones that I have, they've got that preset ring on there, right. which I never use because on a on a digital camera, there's, there's, there's I've never have a reason to use it because I can uh, zoom in the image to focus. But uh, I want I wonder, you know, did people back in the day when they were doing portrait photography with those old classic, you know, Helios um, lenses right. or or Jupiter nine. Um maybe I guess they were using that to, to get a good focus and then go right to F eight or something and shoot take the shot. Right,
1: right. You know, and a lot of cameras back then had split prism focusing screens um in them, which are, you know, I think are easier to focus than focus peaking is. Um I, I don't think focus peaking is as hundred percent reliable as like I, I would like it to be. I mean I use it, I have a on my, with my necks um uh but i you know i i would rather i would rather use a song but i'm old school yeah. that way you I know mean, i started that's what the cameras had so
2: i i i really share your opinion on that i mean because focus peaking i love it but it's really what it's showing you is your sharp Sharp focus within that depth of field, so there is right. some right. I mean, it's not like with a split prism where you you can get it whatever you want exactly dead in right, focus, right? right? Like the the side of the you know someone's nose, right by the bridge of their nose, or their eyeballs, or whatever. It's easy right. to do, right? Yeah, and, exactly. You know, I, maybe it's just coming from film shooting, but that's always been my yeah. With well, prism, well. I
1: mean, if I'm shooting portraits, I'm shooting. Yeah. I'm 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 focusing on an eyelid. Um, right. You know, and, yeah. and, you know, just bringing the two sides of the eyelid together and, and I'll be very confident with, with, with the focus. Yeah. yeah. I'm not so confident with, I guess, focus figuring it looks at contrast, right? In, in the picture. And, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then takes the points of highest contrast and, um, you know, and, and says, okay, this is in focus. So, um. I was surprised, yeah. Johnny, when I got that Canon Seven rangefinder
3: that I was able to nail the focus on almost every photo. Yeah. I thought I thought I, was, I thought you know I'm going to get this roll of film back and half of the images are not going to be in focus. And it took me a couple of rolls to get exposures done properly. Right, but I never had a problem focusing with the rangefinder. I guess it's kind of like a split prism, though.
2: Yeah, I mean it is basically it's exactly the same concept. You know,
1: what are most guys um, like are? A lot of guys are shooting, or not just guys, uh, women too, obviously, um, are shooting aperture priority with a lot of their stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm like a, you know, I'm not saying this in any kind of bragging way or anything, but, you know, I'm a manual kind of guy. I mean, I set my exposure manual. I use a light meter. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, a handheld light meter. I still use a, a light meter. And with a light meter... I could nail exposure the way I want it way better than the camera could do it. You know, like,
2: Oh yeah. Especially Um, when you're in front of seamless all the time. Yeah. Right. That's just completely throws off the camera meter. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: And even though I'm using maybe like, you know, center spot, um, you know, for, for the exposure, it still messes up. It's still, it's still affected a little bit by what's around it outside of where that center, um so uh, yeah, I'm I'm totally manual when I'm shooting. So
2: yeah, and uh just going back to uh preset lenses, I actually really prefer them for that exact reason that Carl right. mentioned. I mean I can I can focus wide open and, right. and and then with a just a quick turn, especially when it's you know on the front aperture ring like that, I can right. stop it down to F eight, you know, right before I take the shot, and I know that I'm gonna have it you know focus right where i want it so right. I, I love those old preset lenses
1: yeah i just bought a a, a helios 443 um and um it, it just arrived in the mail um, a couple of days ago i haven't shot with it um yet but uh i haven't even t- did a test shot yet but the, the lens looks really really good i mean like really pristine and and i'm, I'm sure it's going to and it's a preset you know it has the preset on the front so um nice. you know it's just a little something to get used to that's all you know you just have to be mindful that it's there and that's how the lens operates
3: we're gonna have to have a 44 3 shooting contest or something yeah because you that's, bought one too I, right i bought one uh, iman has one simon has one who who
0: else uh, several people have J- that lens johnny huh? needs one i didn't <laughs> even
1: know that lens existed until <laughs> iman mentioned it and i'm like whoa I and mean, i thought it was like he was talking about what is it like the the 44.3M or something. And I and I thought that's what he was speaking about. And it wasn't. It was just this 44.3. So, you know, I had to have it. Um, and he was like, you know, said a lot of very positive things about it. I, I think he said, if I remember correctly, he said out of all his 44 line of lenses, it's his favorite, the 44.3. Mm-hmm. Um, it's his go-to 44. But you, Carl, you have like an older, uh, uh like fifties, forty-four, an original one, right? If I'm not yeah, mistaken. I've got a really
3: old silver forty-four with yeah. thirteen yeah. blades, and a. It's one of those special um, ones made for the Communist Party officials.
1: Right. <laughs> I don't know if I believe
2: that. <laughs> I don't know if I believe it either. But I like. About...
3: To, I, I I like to be able to think that. Right. right. Is,
2: that the, had... is that the ZZ version, Carl? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> no, no, no. no. no, 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 no. The not, not. I've been waiting not, to say that for seven episodes. <laughs> no, the, the not not version. Yes, the not not version. The not the, not, the <laughs> ought, ought version. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, that's my you
1: know, my dad was that way, and and he it, Z was always Z when he you know, and and zero was ought you know so and he would like speak out loud when he was like doing arithmetic in his head you know and he goes aunt. two aunts is art, you know <laughs> so <laughs> i guess it's a british thing yeah
0: yeah i, I think i think it's his I, I think it's his book which is of course the correct way to say it of course <laughs> the um, Canadians right. do yeah, it you so there you go it is our language go. Go. so yeah. there you go great um, J- james i'd like to ask you about um, something else now, to do with uh, portrait lenses in particular and uh, with with most lenses the most expensive portrait lenses are the ones with the fastest apertures, the 1.2s and the 1.4s Um, yeah, but I mean, I've, I own quite. I, I don't actually shoot that many many shots with eight, with eighty five mil, and I, and I don't do portrait work. I, I, right. I want to shoot more people, but the well, quite literally in some cases. Um, right. But I am um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm finding that the when I do use a, an eighty five mil lens, I tend to grip. Well, my favourite eighty five lens is the Kolzai Sonov eighty five two point eight, which right. you know it's as far as eighty five millimeter primes go that's a that's a slow lens um, right. and yeah there's this obsession with these these faster ones that have got razor right. thin depth of fields and I, I find it right. you know if you're shooting you know a, a super fast 85mm lens and you're going to be you've got to have the, the person facing you directly on or, otherwise you're only going to get one right. eye in focus and things like that I'm just yeah, wondering right. what, what right. your take as a as a professional portrait photographer and bear in mind well, that you, know, you only use a, a, you mainly use a zoom lens um, what's your thoughts on these right. super fast I,
1: you know I want I want both eyes in focus, um, you know, so it, like with a with a one, two lens, um, you know, that would, unless they're like, as you said, they're just, you know, on axis squared away facing you, that's not going to happen. Um, so, uh, so I, I don't, I don't feel like I, I need something that fast um, for for portrait work. I mean, you know, like. My cyclop is one five, which is pretty fast, um, but it's really tough to focus that lens. Um, you know, I, I, I could never shoot commercial work with it because I would be, I, it would take me hours to get, you know, the number of images I need, you know, in focus um, with that lens. Um, so, you know, 2.8, and that works fine at 85 or you know my 70 to 200 is an f4 i have the f4 one Very um awesome. and and i can get plenty of bokeh with it um you know i zoom it in more than i might if i had the 28 um but uh but and that's only to you know you know improve the bokeh with the lens but and i shoot that lens pretty much wide open when most of the time. Um, I mean, my client, my one client, I have a gig. I, every, I shoot every Wednesday night and they've got me using their gear and they've got a Canon rebel XT five or something with, with the 18 to 55 kit lens on it, you know, and, um, you know, the camera's fine. I can get, you know, stuff that's pretty good with it. Um, the, the lens is nothing to, you know write home about, but uh gets a job. I still can't figure out why they want me to use their gear, but I don't care. I mean, it's no wear and tear on my gear. So it's such a great gig. I literally, I, I drive to the studio. I walk in, I, I, I shoot them, usually two two models, and I get paid and go home. That's like best. <laughs> I'm there maybe two hours tops, and most of the time I'm there. I'm waiting for you know, I'm waiting for the models to you know, touch up their face and all that kind of stuff, or change wardrobe or or, or whatever. So,
0: you know, so, so, um, something that um, I'm probably I, I should I should say, but it's it's coming to my head about these super fast eighty fives, and that right. they they probably make more sense when you're actually taking photography in in the environment. Um, right outside, was so, I mean, yes. In the studio, there's very little point, and, 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 and well, I, I imagine there, right. is a, there is a use for doing this—a super wide aperture in the studio, but it's right. going to be very, very limited. Whereas if you're right. outside, you can stand a bit further back, perhaps, and isolate right. the model um, with the with the super fast aperture, maybe. I'm a big
1: proponent of you know, um, right tool for the job, and uh, certain you know certain jobs. Um, in portrait photography you know whether you're shooting interior in a studio and a seamless or you're outside in the environment i mean those are uh sl- different approaches to uh not just the way you shoot and light and all that um but uh things like lens choices and and, and so forth like i would you know outside faster is better I, I i think um because you're you you're, you do want to produce those very blurred backgrounds because you, you want you, that makes the the subject stand out you know pop um, you know you get that 3d effect which is which which can be very effective so um, it's hard to get a you 3d know, effect with with a seamless behind a, a subject right you I know mean, so I, one of
3: the 85 one point i have an 85 1.4 but it's a modern lens it's a Rokinon, Rokinon, Rokinon. And, I, and i use it for only one thing we, we right. there's, a, there's a free concert here every friday night from 8 till 10 it's usually it's getting dark by the time um, there's good photo ops and i can stand 15 feet off the stage with that right. olympus camera which is making a 170 millimeter lens and i can and i can, at f1.4 i can i can nail is it the subject i'm focused on and everyone else is right. out of focus and i take a bunch of shots to get to get one and and i still have to have the you know, iso of a 3200 right. or something like that and that's a that's one of the reasons i've kept that old olympus camera is because I, right. I think of selling it i think you know those are fun when we go to those events and i've had the three or four of the bands when i post pictures on facebook i'll throw one on another page and i've had them ask me for pictures and they're better than the ones that the, the city photographer is taking with her right.
1: right 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 you know I bought um recently uh, not that long ago I bought a a a, a modern lens, manual focus lens. I bought a Lensbaby Twist 60. Um and you know it 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 mimics the 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 swirly bokeh Petzval look for a lot less money than the you have a Petzval, right? Right, Simon?
0: Yeah, I do have I do have the Petzval. I, I bought it uh, a couple of years ago at a photography show. It was a X uh, demonstration model at uh, the mm-hmm. Lamography stand. So I got a really right. good deal on it. Um, so I'm not, not sure if I would have paid you know, full price for it, but I, the deal was great. And it it was still, you know, it wasn't a cheap lens, but right. I, I've got to say, I love it. I, I, I Aren't really, they like really love that bucks
1: new from, from LeMography, I yeah. think?
0: Yeah, they'll be about that price, yeah. yeah.
1: I think that the Twist 60 was like 200 or less. Yeah, um, and and it's still 60 millimeters to me is still a little short for portrait work, but um, unless I'm like really far away, you know, and I want like a a shot that includes a lot of the environment because I I want the environment to swirl, um, you know, which is why I bought it. Um, you know, for, for I like I love swirly but I know a lot of people are not like. They're not big fans of that look, but I am. So you know, I bought the lens. I I was pretty excited when I when I when they released it, um, and I looked at a bunch of images and stuff so forth. I've had other lens babies in my quest to uh, find lenses that produce kind of looks that I want, um, but they're so difficult to use you know I, you know it's like free lensing you know free lensing you know when you get it right it's cool but it ain't easy to do um, you know holding the lens in front of the camera um so a lens, the older lens babies are you know like like uh, kind of like free lensing but again t- tough to do you know and i i, I like blur like in, in with you know, but I don't, I don't like post-production blur. You know, they've got, you know, like I have perfect, perfect effects on my computer and it's got like, you know, uh, you can do like a, a, a tilt shift facsimile and so forth, things like that. But, um, but I bought a tilt adapter, um, a really cheap one. And and I like using that because I can, I can put the blur where I want it in, in production. I'm a, in-production kind of guy. I'm not a big post guy. I don't do a lot of... I don't do a lot of posts on my... When I when I do process my images, I don't do much post on them. So, yeah, it's either a good photo or it's not. Um, I don't recreate human beings.
0: Okay, well, I want to thank James for a really interesting chat today. Um, and <laughs> to round things off, uh, Johnny, could you tell us uh how people can follow you on various social media outlets uh yeah best place to uh catch
2: up with me is on instagram uh i am at sisson photography on instagram uh and you can find me in real life at the uh camera sales department at central camera company in chicago where we have a beautiful 75 millimeter f1.5 biotar with, <laughs> games his name on it
1: how much how much is it uh
2: i'll send you a private message sir
0: (laughs) (laughs) and uh cole how can we keep up with you
3: i think uh, the the easiest way is just to follow me on the facebook uh, photography with classic lenses page and i keep my Flickr account updated about weekly and that's just carl with a k havens
0: and you james
1: well, um, I guess the the Facebook uh, Classic Lens page. I, I don't have a website currently. I I, I don't have an Instagram. I, I don't have a Flickr. I I I don't have any of that stuff that um, lots of other people have. So uh, on on Facebook, uh, it's, that's almost the extent of my social media is is
0: Facebook. And I can be found in a few places. I'm on Instagram as Simon P Forster. I'm on Flickr uh, again you can find me under Simon Forster um, and I also have an eBay shop and this is Johnny's favourite part now because uh, it's, uh, if you do a search for It's fuzzy, that's I-T-S-F-O-Z-Z-Y oh yeah uh, and you can find all of us on the Facebook group Photography with Classic Lenses um, I hope you've enjoyed uh, the podcast this week and it'd be great if you could join us again goodbye
1: Manchester, yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm sa- yeah.
0: south of Manchester, um, yeah, and, and above Birmingham, halfway between the uh, the two. That's Birmingham yeah. rather than yeah. Birmingham. Um, yeah,
1: I, no, I've been to
0: Birmingham, so uh, I was I was uh, more for Johnny's benefit. I knew you, I knew that you'd be able to, but
1: say not joke. Manchester. I've been to Liverpool, which I'm is
2: a Fall fan. Part. Come on, I know all about all about that part of the world. Come on,
0: right. okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but not Birmingham. Birmingham's not Manchester. <laughs> no, I know, but right. I yeah
2: i have a good friend who's from there who's a teacher at uh sac here in chicago who has a deeply birmingham accent and um he you know people think he sounds posh
1: is (laughs) he a a
2: posh from manchester that's what i'm saying birmingham
0: (laughs) posh on birmingham that's even harder yeah yeah exactly exactly he's like oh I'm i'm from the black north come on
1: is he a big peaky blinders fan um you know because that's
2: i
0: don't know that's a good question
1: it's historically set in birmingham south yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Well, the black country to be specific as we were yeah. as we were corrected the other day yeah it just, it's kind of racist isn't it it, it sounds that way i i funnily enough i had uh, in a previous job I, there was a couple of people that came over from canada and uh, we went went past uh sign saying the black country and they were in shock wow wow <laughs> So you should, have, right.
3: you should have recorded all of this conversation we just had, and it would have been really interesting.
0: Well, it is. That. Last one minute and 28 seconds has been on, on record. If there's anything I could use, I'll, I'll, I'll put, it, oh, there we put go. it on the end. Um, John, are you going to come in there? Yeah, I was just gonna pause
2: for second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taking that all in, um, in but... air. air is not good. Uh, no, no, no. It, it's all in it. I figured I'd give a a a, a, a good easy pause for Simon to. Yeah. So yeah, all right. I'll 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 bring it in. Um, all right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Good. Nice. In all
3: the right. can. It's another. It's gonna be a hit. The number of that viewers is gonna shoot up to the roof.
1: Yeah. How many <laughs> viewers, do you, our listeners, do you guys do you guys generate? About do?
2: twelve. Yeah. No, no, not about, <laughs> not about
1: <laughs> Oh Great. And, and four of them are right here. Yeah, we just
2: keep we just keep replaying it, and the number keeps going.